That was a wonderful time for me. You know, I've always thought that Pentecostal should be weaned from entertainment. I think most of our church services have become entertainment. We go dance, 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 and we don't even, we don't give a thought to the words we speak. We speak thoughtless words. But without these things, you were able to focus on what you were saying. Am I right? You were able to focus on what you were saying. So that's really praise when you talk to God from your heart. You know, Paul and Silas didn't have any instrument. They had no instrument. I was preaching yesterday about how 3,000 were saved, 5,000, no instrument. The most important thing is the Holy Spirit and your heart responding to him. I, I mean, I was blessed. I don't know about you. Can I hear amen? Let's bow our heads to pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for this meeting tonight. Wonderful meeting. Your presence is here. We prayed about this meeting. You answered us. We're just enjoying the answers that you are giving us. Pray that you help us not to walk by sight, to tune up our spirit, to walk by our spirit. You are not a man. You don't walk by flesh. And now we trust you with this teaching. That by your spirit, you will teach us. And you will help us to understand and what you are telling us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You see, the topic is Christ, my life. Text is Colossians 3, verse 4. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Christ, my life. I want to say that uh, we need to really, really know that this is the, the real deal. This is what Christianity is all about. Christ, my life. There's nothing else. This is the essence of Christianity. If anybody doesn't understand this, he's in the dark. The real story of Christianity, the real plan of God, the plan of God is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The whole thing God did is to bring his son here so his son will live in us and become our life. This is the, the summary of Christianity. You, you, you can't teach this thing in six months. It's like going through the whole of Bible. This is what it is. I remember when the Lord gave me this one time. He said, Christ, my life. I didn't understand it. I was thinking about it, but you, you don't get this thing by thinking about it. You get this by asking him to teach you. And then when he began to show me this, I was like, wow. So the topic that God gave you people is very interesting. Because if you understand it, let me tell you, if you understand it, your life will turn around dramatically. And your days of defeat is over, completely over, totally over. One time, I think a few days ago, I was telling my wife, the Lord to me said, you know your problem. I said, what's my problem? He said, you don't believe what you preach. He said, really? He said, yeah. He said, if I'm your life, if I am your life, this cannot happen in your life. Because it doesn't happen in my life. So we're, we're really onto something very interesting here. So we need to look at uh, this, this um, topic um, in a different way. There's why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? My system is not loading. Don't know why it's not loading. I'll get it. Yes, now it's loading properly. Now, like I said, we look at it in different time frames so that we can understand why Jesus is our life. We need to understand the background, why he, he must be our life. So Jesus himself told us why he came. Why did Jesus come? Among other things, he said, I came that you have life and have it what? More abundantly. In John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and have, they might have it more abundantly. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. This is what you hear preached mostly in churches. You will hear the second part also being emphasized. But the second part says, it's not where that story ended. It's about the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ who? Our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. I want to ask you, since you became a Christian for many years, how many times have you had anybody teach you on eternal life? Do a series on eternal life. The gift of God, eternal life. So Jesus told us that the, the main reason he came is to give us life. Is to give us life. He mentioned some other things, you know, to seek and to save, to bear witness to the truth. But the main reason he came is to give us life. He came that you have life and have it more abundantly. But my system, this thing is messing up. It's not working okay. Well, and somebody gave me my laptop. This thing is not working. Take my key, get me my laptop from upstairs. Well, when you are 11 years old, sometimes you start malfunctioning. I need my laptop. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Good. At least I have my system here. All things work together for good. So Jesus told us why he came. He read it in John 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but to steal, but to kill, to destroy. He said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more what? Abundantly. And in Romans 6, verse 23, he says to us, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus didn't come with the same ministry as Moses. You got to know that. There is no place Jesus said, I came to give you law. He didn't say, I came to make you a better person. He didn't say, I came to give you seven steps to, to do the seven steps. No. He didn't declare that. Even though he gave us one law, you should love the way I have what? Loved you. That law wasn't, it's talking about this life he brought us because God gave John, John the revelation that God is love. Gave John that revelation that God is love. Gave Paul the revelation of the grace of God. But John have primarily revelation of the core nature of God, that God is love. So when Jesus came, he said to us, you live the life I'm giving you. A new commandment I give you, love as I have what? Loved you. The life I'm living is what I want you to live. That's what he said. That's the summary of that, that thing he said. See my life. I'm going to give it to you, the same love, so you live, love people. You live the same life that I'm giving. So his primary thing wasn't to give anybody any laws. Now, I want, to, I want us to read some things that have happened in the Bible. You know, everything that God wrote in that Bible has something to teach the church. But sometimes we miss the point. There are people who lived without the law. They live without the law. And they pleased God so much that God took them alive. I mean, somebody pleased God so much that God took him from A to He didn't die. We saw who was the first one? Who was the other one? Elijah. <laughs> they left this earth. The Bible said this man knocked so he walked with God 300 and something. He said, So please God that God took him out. We haven't seen it happen again. How come they please God without the law? Can it be there is something the church has missed? We haven't understood. Why was God, why did God position that and say, Look at this man? Is there anything else they did? Because if it, was, if it was compulsory that you must have the law to please God, how come they please God without the law? Please God so much. 
And if you read about their life, man, these people really, really please God. There's no law. Let's read about it. In, in uh, Hebrew chapter 11, verse 5, it was by faith. Wow. Now we're beginning to see what they did. One word just appeared right there. Not the law, faith. It was by faith. Everybody say it was by faith. Say it louder. Come on. It was by faith that Enoch, or really, Enoch, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Oh, so his faith was the key thing here. He, disapp- he disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased who? God. Continue. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God is or exists. And I rewards those who sincerely, what? Seek him. Go to read this up to 10. It was by faith. Really? No law? Yeah. It was by faith that Noah built a lifeboat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God. Wow. Who warned him about things that had never happened before? By his faith. He's repeating that word. Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness which comes by what? Faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave him. To leave him and go to another land that God will give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was uh, going, verse 9. And even when he reached the land, God promised him he lived there by faith. This word faith keeps reappearing everywhere. For he was like a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Okay, the same promise. These people lived by faith. No law. The Holy Spirit said, put it there for the church to see. That's the reason he put it there. He's teaching us that without faith, it's impossible, totally impossible to please God. And he showed us, these people live by faith. No law. They live by faith, and they please God. And then let's, let's even read one of them. So we see what we're talking about. Second Peter 2, verse 8. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and had day after day. I want to ask us, how many Christians are tormented in their soul, seeing the iniquity happening about them? How many really are not focused on dollar and more jobs and dollar and dollar, all the prayers, money, money, business? How many people are tormented like this man? No law. How did it turn out like this? How did it turn out like this? All the unrighteousness that is around us. Verse 9. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. How did this man, Lot, turn out like this? I thought he needed the law of Moses. He didn't need that. But do you know, if you're like me, growing up as a Christian, all I had for years is about the law. All I was taught is obey God, obey God, obedience, obedience, and more obedience and obedience. I always thought that time, I said, how come that every Sunday we're crying? There was no joy. I said, don't, how come we're not changing? Because every Sunday all we had was, we got to obey God, to obey God, to obey God. Nobody talked about faith. No. See, obey God, obey God, obey God, to obey God, obey, to obey. <laughs> I didn't change. If I, I got worse, I'm telling you, because my wife would tell you, that I, oh my God, I got worse. Come to church, hypocrites, just pretending. Quarrel and, we quarrel from the house and the car to the church. Immediately we saw the leaders, we smiled, presented the holy man, and gave our house report. Brother, how is your family? Sir, we are doing good, sir. Everybody is good. Sister is good, she's in the car. I won't tell him we just quarreled, we are still quarreling. It didn't work. I kept thinking, I said, there must be something. There has to be something. Somehow God gave me this inquisitive mind. That's what I told my wife before we got here. I said to her, I said, there is God. We haven't found him. I said, the day we find him, he will solve our problem. I went to a pastor. I said, I read in the Bible what God is doing. Why are we not seeing it? I think if I wasn't a pastor, I would have been a lawyer. And I would have, I would have helped all of you out of your court cases. Something. Faith. 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 Without it. Nobody taught me. Nobody mentioned it. Okay, let's just look a good look at faith so we can understand this thing better. Are you following me? Let's just look a good look at faith. Listen to this. Faith activates God's power to work for the man who believes and trusts in God alone. 
want to live right, yes. But you need God now, yeah. So how do I live without God? It's only faith in God that will activate divine power that will make me do what I can do. If you remove that faith, it becomes impossible, totally impossible. That's why the Bible says all things are what? Possible to them that are what? Because to God all things are possible. So when you trust him, then to you too, nothing is impossible because you generate the power that can do all things. The power that can make you live right. That is the power that made Lot. Made Lot begin to live that kind of life and showed him this, this thing is evil, this thing is evil. This is good. His heart was broken. But I was taught, obey God, obey God. Obey. So I was trying to fail it. I was failing. Because the power, I wasn't connected to it. And I need him. Without him, I can do what? You see, the law cannot connect you to God. To do what you can do naturally. Now, I want you to hear this one. Because before I came here, God taught me this one. I never saw this one before. God taught me this, this thing I'm going to say here now. He told me, he said, you know that faith is humility. I never had it before. He said, faith is humility. He said, anybody who can't trust God is arrogant and does not worship God. He said, faith is humility. He said, what faith means is you come to God and say to God, you are God what? Almighty. And I am human being. I can't do this thing. I trust you and depend on you totally. It's humbling yourself under the mighty hand of who? God. Faith is acknowledging who God is. Faith is acknowledging God. You are my healer. You are my provider. You are my wisdom. You are my everything. Faith is going to God and saying, you have everything. I have nothing. That's what faith does. A man that walks in faith walks in total humility. Complete humility. Has drained himself of everything, every ability, every wisdom, and totally depends on God. Totally. David said, as the eyes of the maiden looks to the master, so I look to you. Because you are my source for everything. That's what faith is. It's a life of complete humility. Total humility. And the Lord said to me, if a man doesn't trust me, he doesn't even recognize that I'm God Almighty. That's why he doesn't trust me. And then he said, that's why I said, without faith it's impossible to please God. That he that cometh to God must first of all what? Recognize him as Almighty. That's humbling yourself. That's when sickness comes, you humble yourself. And say, Jesus is the healer. Can I hear amen? So faith acknowledges God and accepts his mercy. Not arrogantly having this entitlement attitude. You know, the law makes people proud. I'll show you what the Lord does to people. 2 Corinthians 12, 8. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that he might depart from me. And he said unto me, listen, my grace is what? Sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. When you come to God and say, I am weak, I have no strength, God says, I give you all the strength you need. When you come to God and say, I have no wisdom, Lord, he said, I give you all the wisdom you my strength is made perfect when you are weak and nothing can make you something. You know, sometimes, one time the Lord said to me, he said, never make yourself anything. He said, if you make yourself something, there's nothing that will make you again. You are done. He said, just make yourself nothing. Leave it to me. I will make you what I want to make. That's what faith does. Strength is made perfect in your way. You humble yourself and, and say to the Lord, if this is what you did in Christ, that's what I depend on. I said, <laughs> say, yeah, that's what I did for you. He said, that's what I depend on. That's faith. So Paul said, now I have to now rejoice. You know, even when I'm weak, I know it's strong. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? And like I said, that faith draws the blessings of grace into reality. So you see why Abraham was able to give Isaac. That thing he did wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It was an act of divine power that made Abraham do what naturally people can do. It was, it was God. So all Abraham did was trust God. And God made him do what Abraham couldn't do naturally. Think it's easy to pick your child and travel three days? And that test was really test. You think it's easy? Take your knife. It's not easy. It was God. Without divine help, Abraham would not do check them. The flesh would keep him down. The wife would say, I'm not going anywhere. Romans 5 2. By whom also we'll have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of glory of God. We have access into everything grace gives through faith. So those who don't seek by faith stumble. They will always stumble because they disregard God, disregard this, and depend upon themselves. Romans 9, 12. Wherefore, because you sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. You see, 
entitlement because I've obeyed God. You know, some people think because they've obeyed God, God will heal them. Some people think because they pray a lot, they do this in church and trials won't come, temptations will come. So they think, I have qualified for God to be my megad. If anything, I say, God, why are you when I find everything I'm doing in church? See what the Lord does. I will show you now. <laughs> you will see. Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the words of the Lord. For they stumbled at the stumbling block. As it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a, stumble, a stumbling stone and rock of offense. Whoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. If you trust him, he will rise up and show you who he is. If you don't trust him, you'll be ashamed. Because by strength shall no man prevail. And so, let me show you what these people that live by faith discovered. Romans 4, 1. See, everything comes from revelation that God shows. Revelation. Romans 4, 1. Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover? That's the word. What did he discover? What did Abraham discover? What did he find out? Have you found out the same thing? What did Abraham discover about being made right with God? What did he discover? Verse 2. If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, they would have had something to boast about. He can now boast and say, God, you see, see how holy I've become. I've obeyed you. I've been obeying. Because that's what I had all my years. Obey God, obey. So when I obey God, and I come to God, I say, see, God, I've obeyed you. I've obeyed you. See, I've obeyed you. I do this one. So I was talking with my cousin from Canada. He said, brother, I said, remember? He said, there's one prayer I prayed in Lagos. I said to God, if you do this, I'll give you a special offering. He said, brother, let me share to you. God did it. I said, he did it because you were ignorant. I said, you were too tired. He said, I said, he just had mercy on you because he didn't know what you're talking about. He said, you can't bribe God. Everything he does for you is free. No conditions attached. Only faith. I said, he did it for you because he didn't know anything. He said, brother, I know you're all right. <laughs> he said, you are totally right. I said, I'm telling you. So, he said, if, Abra if Abraham, if it was by his good this day, he had something to boast about. And I will show you how that thing happens. But that was not God's way now. You must trust God. That's God's way. You must trust God. Jesus said, without me, you can do that. You must come by the way of complete dependence and trust. He that cometh to God must believe that he is God Almighty. And bow in humility and trust him with everything. And you're weak, then he supplies that thing. In abundance. Verse 3. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed who? God. What did Abraham find out? He believed God. And God counted him as what? Righteous because of his faith. So Abraham came to God and said to God, you are God what? Almighty. Anything you say is what? He said, I don't have wisdom. Don't come make a choice. He simply believed God. And God said, yeah, it's righteousness for you. Because you recognize me as God. You trust me as God. I release the power. I release the blessing. I release everything. Abraham, you cannot see why those people who live by faith, by faith, they live by divine enablement. I made them please God beyond what they could have done as human beings. I made them walk in wisdom that directed their path every day because they relied on God completely. And God says, my strength is made perfect when you are what? But if you say you know, you are strong, you are your own. You don't need me. So God told us himself, Hebrew 11, 8, but without faith, it is what? Impossible. We know that to please God. Now, so in this New Testament, let's see it here. Galatians 3, 11. But that, that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is what? Evident. Why? Because the law says do it and you come to God and boast about it. You discount God. So it can be justified. It's evident. That for the just, I want you to say it with me, the what? The just shall live what? By total humble dependence on the God of God. All good things come from him. All good and perfect gifts come from him. Life, everything. Victory, everything. That's how we live in the New Testament. That's how we live. The just shall live by what? From start to finish. And Paul knew this. Paul knew this very well. Listen to Paul. Philippians 3, 9. And he found, and I want to be found in him. Not having my own, what? Righteousness. Which I achieved myself. Which is of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ. I want to rely on Christ. Trust in Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith alone. Become righteous by what God did. He make, let him make me righteous. Let him count me righteous. Not by what I bring to him. That's the thing. That I may know him now and the power 
of his resurrection. You know, Moses, let's look at Moses, what the Lord does to people. Moses brought the Lord, John 1, 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The law was given by who? I didn't hear you. Are you tired? The law was given by who? Moses. Don't, don't say Pastor Chini, I didn't bring law. The law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus. So Jesus didn't bring no law. Well, don't they really don't need law. If you need it, would have brought it. He didn't bring it. He said, I brought you grace and truth. If I have time, we can teach on grace and truth. <laughs> Another five hours. Another five. Because that's what truth is so, is so, is so amazing. It's so important that you know that Christ is the truth. Because they say there's relevance. You know, truth has relevance in reality. If you say, if you say, if you say to somebody, this man here, his name is Pastor Chinedi Mane. If he comes here and my name is Pastor Chinedi Mane. So that thing you now told him, how it becomes, is true. But if he comes, my name is not Chinedi Mane. That thing you told him cannot be true. Jesus is the reality of God. If you want to see if the word is true, you see Jesus. Can I hear amen? So Moses brought us the law. Now, Galatians 3, 12. And the law is not of faith. See? The law is not of faith. It doesn't depend on God. It's an, it's not, it doesn't depend on God. You, don't, you do it now. You do. You do. So that's why if you do, Abraham said, if I do, I come and be boasting of what I did. I want you to follow me to the end. You will see a better way, a far better way to live this holy life. That doesn't depend on you. It depends entirely on God. And that way is the one that will make it possible. Verse 12. This word of faith is, did we read that? No. We read the Galatians 12. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. The law is not of faith. But Moses brought us the way that is not of faith. And yet God said, without faith, it's impossible to what? Please me. So you see that that one that is not of faith is impossible to please God. It's not going to work. In Galatians 3, 11, so it is clear that no man can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says, it is true faith that a righteous person has life. The, this way of faith is very different from the way of the law. Which says, it is true obeying the law that a, a, a person has life. <clears throat> now, because this way of law does not depend on faith, does not depend on trusting God. God came and annulled it, canceled it. But let me repeat. I don't know if about you, but I'm telling you about me. For years as a Christian, all I had is obey God, obey God, obey God. That's all I had. And then they gave us laws and added more denominational laws, so more laws, so more laws that my wife was wearing slippers uh, um, to, to, to do her work. Because we were convinced that that is humility. And up to now, I'm still struggling with some of those teachings. Because once I begin to dress well, I feel guilty. I'm still struggling with it. Up to today, if you, if you, start, giving me, if you start giving me gift, I feel uncomfortable. I run. I want to run. I'm telling you. People, it, it, I can't tell you stories. I'm, I'm still struggling with it. If you, if you give me something, I just, I'm still fighting because it's like, no, 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 no. Hebrews 7, 18. For on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment. What is annulling? Cancel of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. God canceled all those things because of its wisdom. For the law made nothing perfect. Didn't make me perfect. They don't say anybody made perfect either. Nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. He said there's a, another way that God uses to bring, bring us near to him and make us in fellowship with him. There's a bringing in another hope through which we draw near to God. Now, don't misunderstand me because I'm not saying you shouldn't obey God. You should obey God. But if that is all you say, that's all you say. God says without faith it's impossible to please me. You leave people with nothing with which they can please God. It won't work. If obedience is based on trusting God so that God cannot make you walk in his ways, that's the way you go. If you understand me, say amen. And Jesus came and another system himself, Hebrew 10, 10. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. See how God planned for us to be made holy? By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all, verse 14. For by, by that one offering, he forever made perfect. The law couldn't make us perfect, but Jesus made us perfect. Those who are being made holy, so being made holy, he is making us holy. He's building us up. He's teaching us. He's guiding us. He's instructing us. We are being made holy every day. But he's the one making us. He's the one doing it. He is the one doing it. And he, we can only do it as long as we trust him totally. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, 56, 
1 Corinthians 15, 56. For sin is this thing that results in death. Did you, can you see that very well? Can you see that? Sin is this thing that results in what? You know, you know when I was living in the, don't tell anybody this story, I'm telling you. If I hear it somewhere, I know you told them. When we were living in Enugu, we lived in Enugu, my father was the pastor of Christ Church in Enugu. It, we had a lot of scorpion. Enugu had a lot of scorpion. So as children, we go and, there's one leaf we bring, and you cut, cut your finger and put that. He said, once you put it, stop, scorpion will not uh, sting you. So the taste is, after they've done it to you, then they put, uh, and Enugu scorpions are the fattest ones. So I did now, if I hear this, I'm going to call the people response. So I did. So they pushed scorpion, the thing, kept. I'm telling you, the tail, it, it came like, what I have, pump, yeah. The pain will run through there to your brain. I stopped all that uh, putting leaf and everything. So the Bible says, for sin is the sting that results in what? Death. And the law gives sin what? It's power. If sin gives sin power, if the law gives you power, don't you run away from it? That's what I had all my life as a Christian. Obey, 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 obey. Law, 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 law. I was giving sin power in my life. Instead of growing, I was deteriorated. Verse 57. But thank God. Thank who? It is God who gives us what? Victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus. Faith, Lord. Only you can give me victory. And he does. Only you. And he gives now, uh, let me jump over because I want us to see. Uh, let's see people who lived under this system called the Lord of Moses. Luke chapter 18, 10, entitlement. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed toss with himself. Remember, the Bible says he prayed with himself. See how he started God as if he's talking to his classmate. Say, God, I thank thee that I am not as what? I'm not hearing you. I'm not as what? Other men. Other men. These people are extortioners. They are unjust. They are adulterers. Or even as this publican who came to this church today. See the way it's dressed. It's not even dressing like us. Let me tell you. If you look at the, if you look at the church, you will see this language is common. So common. You know why it's common? They don't know Christ. They don't understand grace. They don't understand the way of faith. They, it's law. They think, I'm good. I've obeyed. Let me tell you, some things we don't do is not because we are good. It's because we are old now. Because old age has caught up with you. That's why you don't do some things. If, you, if they switch you back to when you are younger, you do all those things again. All this pride and pridefulness is because we think, you know, I'm obeying God. Don't do this. But the book of James is always looking me in the face and saying, if you, if you, if you fail in one, you have what? So where is this pride coming from? You know, it's ignorance. Totally ignorance. Oh, yeah. This man stood there talking because he counted. Remember Paul said concerning the law, perfect. He counted himself as, oh my God. I've, and what Jesus, they were confronting him every corner, challenging him. Said, what must I do now to have eternal life? What are you talking about? This is what comes when people want to live by what they have achieved. They have this sense of self-importance, sense of arrogance, entitlement, and judgmental spirit. Jesus calls it the life of a hypocrite. That's what happens when somebody thinks, I've studied a lot. I pray a lot. They say a lot. I, I, I. Somebody who trusts God will say, the Lord. Oh, can I hear a man? Somebody who humbles himself and trusts the Lord will never use that language. He will come like the Paul and say, I am what I am by the grace of God. Do you be all If I pray, Lord, it's you. If you don't give me grace, it's you. Faith is a humbling lifestyle. Anybody that lives by faith, you will know. They don't boast. They don't, you won't hear them, you know, this paka paka They're always, they're always so humble, so grateful to God for everything. If you give them anything, they will thank you. Tomorrow they'll stay thanking you. Because they have grown in this attitude of, you know, humbling themselves, totally making themselves not. Faith is amazing. Now, in us, naturally, is this thing called sinful nature, which the Lord couldn't take out. Ephesians 2. All this I'm doing is introduction. I will end with your topic. But I end with your topic. You'll be glad you came today. I'm telling you. I haven't gone to your topic. We'll get there. Because all these things will lead us to there. So you see it clearly. Clearly. You, you won't be confused. So Ephesians 2 from verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, verse 2. 
you used to live a sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. He's talking about us before. The commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Now, this nature that we had, we couldn't change it. We couldn't change it by obeying nothing. Jeremiah 33, 23. Jeremiah 13, sorry, 13, 23. I want us to read it together. I want to go. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then may you also do good who are accustomed to what? He said, your nature is evil. How can you change your nature? It's impossible. If you can, then the Ethiopian can change the skin. So you, all of us that are black, then we can change our skin, become whatever. Or a leopard change his spots. He said, it's impossible. It's not possible. He said, the same thing with a man, because in him is sinful nature. So all this, obey God, obey God, obey God, obey God, does not change anything. Does not change anything. And the law couldn't change it. Galatia 3.21. Say, is there a conflict then between God's law and God's uh, promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, did you see that? If the law could give us what? New life. We could be made right with God by obeying it. But a leopard cannot change his skin. Spot. And then Jesus said something in John 3.3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying we can't see the kingdom of God with this nature we have. With this nature, it's not going to happen. We cannot see the kingdom of God. And this nature will not please God. 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. He doesn't receive it. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually descended. So you see the nature we have. When God gave us the law, that law could, could, couldn't. I mean, this nature. Sinful nature. A leopard cannot change the skin. So if God says you are accustomed to doing evil, how do you change? But God intervened. Can I hear amen? I said, I want to hear amen. God intervened and sent his son. Now we start talking about your topic. God intervened and sent his son, Jesus, because we were trapped in this nature of sin. We were trapped in it. That's the real deliverance. We were trapped in this nature. Romans 8, 3. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish. Because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. That nature. Yet God sent his son in the human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all, once and for all, condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now... Every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. So God sent Jesus Christ so that we can change our new nature, change our nature and give us a new nature. And by giving us this new nature of his life and his presence, he said the power of sin over us is over. And we can now live the life that God planned for us to live. We cannot, in other words, God says, God came and changed us from this leopard, leopard, leopard with spot, red leopard, and, and changed us into sheep. He took a leopard and made him a sheep. If you understand that, shout hallelujah. God took a leopard full of wahala, changed him and make, made him a sheep of God. No fangs, nothing to fight with sheep. Just, I think that's one way I can illustrate what I'm trying to say here. So how did this thing happen? John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I saw unto thee, except a man be born again. So Jesus said there has to be a new person. Jesus didn't come to make us better. He came to make us best. He came to make us what? Best. A new person. A new person. It's not tinkering you and tinkering to change this part. No. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then uh, Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time to his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, 
he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. You know, some people come and say, Pastor, you know, where I walk, these people are so good. I don't even know what to preach to them again. Yeah, except the man is born again. He's not seen the kingdom of God. That person you think is good is not good. You've just seen the person in the office. You don't know the person. The side of him is that nature of sin. And so God created a new man. These things are things you should know. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So this is who God created. Ephesians 4, 24. Put on your new nature. Created to be like God. See, now God created us to be like him. So the, the, nature, the old nature is gone. So we have a new nature now that is like God. The nature of God. Truly righteous and holy. You have the nature of God. You have the life of God. I want you to say after me. I have the nature of God. I have the life of God. I am a child of God. Say it again. I have, a, I have the nature of God. I have the life of God. I'm a, a child of God. I have a new nature. I have a new nature. The old nature is gone. Shout hallelujah. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? He gave reason. So we can now do the things he planned for us long ago. We're acting like we are leopards, acting like leopards. He came and turned us into sheep so we can do what sheep does. We're acting like lepers, children of Satan, by nature children of wrath, full of sin, controlled by sin, controlled by Satan. God came and changed us and produced a new person. It's a miracle that no man can understand. That God, angels are looking at this, that God took a man and changed a man and made him his son, a spirit being that looks like him, that is like him, has his life, has his nature, created him new. So he said, now that you are new, you have a new nature. The former nature that used to make you trouble is gone. Now having you say, you can now live the life that God wants you to live. You see why faith is important? Because it was God who did all of this. So now for you to live in this life, you have to trust the same God who did all of this to also complete what he what? Started. He that began the good work, it is the same he that we what? Complete. Now, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he's still telling us what God did. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5.17 in another translation. It's GNT, good, good news translation. Anyone who is joined to Christ is a new being. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is done by God, who through Christ changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task of making others his uh, friends. 1 Corinthians 1.30-31, the Passion Translation. I want you to read this with Listen as I read it. For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God as we are being joined to Christ, to Jesus, the anointed one. And now he is our God, giving wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, our redemption, everything. It's not, put it back, put it back. For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God as we are being joined to Jesus, the anointed one. And now he is our God. God giving, sorry, our God giving wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, our, what's the summary of that? Christ has become my life. That's the summary of all of it. Christ has become God giving wisdom, my virtue, my holiness. My, Christ has become my life because I'm joined to him. He has become my life. And the Bible said that taste of true faith is believing this thing. That's why I said at the beginning that this topic, Christ, our life, is the key thing that every Christian must be familiar with. The test of true faith. Test of true faith, that's the Holy Spirit that said it, is to recognize this thing that Christ in you is in you and you are joined to him. In, in first, Second Corinthians 13 verse 5, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves how, 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 how that Jesus Christ is where? In you. Say prove yourself. Test your faith. Do you know this fact that Christ is in you? You are joined to him. Say, that's the taste of real faith. Except you be reprobate. If you don't believe this, if you don't know this, the Bible says you're a reprobate. You see why I said this topic is important? I want to read it in another translation. TPT says, now your souls will be strengthened and healed if you hold steadfast to your faith. 
Haven't you already experienced Jesus Christ himself living in you? If not, you are, de you are deficient. This is the key thing because this is our life. You must understand your life. You must understand your life and who you are. If the devil succeeds in confusing you there, your character will never be the character of Christ. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so you end up being. If he succeeds in confusing you on this point, Christ is your life. You will live the life of whatever you think you are. That's why I say this is the test of true faith. True faith is, do I, have I experienced that Christ is in me? Do I believe he's in me? Say so that's the test of real faith of Christianity. Christ in us, the hope of what? Now, Paul believed it. 1 Corinthians 6, 15. Are you following me? If you understand, they shout hallelujah. Paul believed this in 1 Corinthians 6, 15. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Oh, yeah, because I'm joined. I'm joined. And what? Joined. And what? You're not looking at me. I'm what? Joined. So see what Paul believed. Don't you realize? You remember the test of true faith? He said, so you don't realize that you're joined to Christ? He said, don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ now? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join to a prostitute? He said, do you know that you are no more, this Christ is now your life. So when you take, when you take yourself and join to a prostitute, you take Christ's life and join to a prostitute. That's what he said. He said, and join himself to a prostitute. He becomes one body with her. For the scripture says the two are united into one body. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So whatever you take your body to do, you are dragging Christ because it's now your new life. Now, this will, this will make it clearer for you. Now, there's this story I shared with my wife. Someone asked, watch my knee, who was a notable Christian, to come and gamble with them. They invited him to gamble. How many of you know what gambling is? You know? Why did you learn it? Okay. So it, 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 to come and gamble with them. He told them that he had no hands. Listen to this story. He said, I don't have hands. Of, he said, I don't have hands of my own. They were all surprised. They said, ah, but we can see your hands now. And what do you mean you have no hands of your own? He told them that what they were seeing are not his hand. They were bought with a price. It cost God his son to buy them. And they are now his hands, not my own anymore. He has, I have no right to use them. Only him uses them as he wants, for they are his hands. These, you see, are not my hands. Christ is now my life. I have no more life except him. You get this story? They say, ah, you, you can see your hands. I say, no, I'm dead. He's my life. If it's my life, this is his hand. He owns it. I can't gamble. He only uses it for what he wants to do. That's what Paul is saying. He uses it for what? Because this belongs to him. It's now my life. So as you see me standing, Christ is standing. My hand is his own. My mouth is what? I can't say anything. I say only what he wants to say. His leg is his own. You can't, you can't invite me to anybody anywhere. No. If he doesn't want to go, I'm, I'm, it's my life. I don't have another life. That's why the Bible says the taste of true faith. Have you realized that Christ is your life now? If you don't, you are going to live the life you want. You are going to do what you like. You see, that thing comes not by the law. It comes by what God did by taking Christ and joining it to you and saying, now he becomes your life. And this man understood it. He said, I can't gamble. It's not my hand. I can't. I don't own it. It is his hand. It's my life. Christ, my life. Understood that. And Paul said, You can't join to a prostitute. The body is not yours, it's Christ. So when you take it and join to a prostitute, you are taking the body that belongs to him and joining to a what? A prostitute. You can't do that. He said, Are you reprobates? I mean, you don't understand these things. And in order to show you that the scripture actually addresses us like that, I'll show you. Acts chapter 4, verse 30. They say, They pray to God, say, By stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done. By the name of thy holy child, Jesus. That's the prayer. They said to God, straight forth your hand to what? To heal. Now, go to Acts chapter 5, verse 12. And see what the Holy Spirit calls the hand of God. See what Jesus calls his hand. See there. Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Christ is now my life. Look at it. And by the hands of the apostles. They said to God, straight forth your what? The Holy Spirit says, yes, my hand is now stretched. Where is his hand? The hands of the apostles. Where many signs and wonders wrought among them. They say, God, stretch forth your hand. God said, yeah, I have hand. That's my hand there. So they stretched it. It was his hand. It was his hand. The hands of the apostles. They said, God, do my thing. They said, God said, sure. That's my hand. I'm your life. Stretch it forth. 
And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, by the hands of the apostles who are ministers and what, but their request is, God, you straight your hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you are following me, say amen. God said, sure, my hand. I want you to stretch forth your hand. I said, these hands are not mine. They belong to Jesus. Christ is now my life. Can we say amen to that? Amen. The next time you lay your hands on the sick, understand that that's not your hand. That's his hand. When you stand and pray, understand that that's not your mouth. That's his mouth. If you understand this, you, you walk in faith and power 24-7. That's why Jesus told me, say, if you believe I'm your life, he said, what doesn't happen to me can happen to you. He said, you use that and resist that because you say, no, this is the body of Christ. This is Christ's body. It's my life. It's not just about ethical things. It's about a whole lot of things. Tomorrow morning, we'll go into other details. you see the benefits of all this teaching in Christ is my life. But first of all, it's just for you to know that your hands are his, your mouth is his, your body is his, he paid for all of it. So Christ has become my life. Who else is in this thing? Who else is in this thing? So when you stand before God, who stands there? You are his ambassador. You stand, that's Jesus. That's why the Bible calls us gods. You are gods, small gods. Because God reproduced himself. That's why the Bible says that anybody that has this seed of God does not sin. Because the nature of God is there. Can't live in sin. Because you see, it's not by obey, 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 obey. No, no. It's by what God did that you overcome sin. So when you believe that by faith, you activate it. You see yourself do things that they told you you couldn't believe it. But you know it's God. You can now say it like Paul. It's your grace, Lord. Humble dependence on God as faith. So the Bible says to us, don't, don't, don't give your hand as wicked hands. There's another type of hand the Bible talks about. Wicked hands. Acts chapter 3, verse 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and knowledge of God, you have taken, and by wicked hands. He said, this one is the hand of the devil. Some people's hand is the devil's hand. Wicked hands. But our hand is not wicked hands. Wicked hands. So look at what the Holy Spirit said to the church. Romans 6, 13. Can I stop here? Romans 6, 13. Because your hand is his hand. See what the Holy Spirit tells you and me. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Don't, don't turn your hand into a wicked hand. Don't turn your mouth into a wicked mouth. Don't. No. It's your life. No matter how you are tempted, no. I'm not going to say that. He says what he wants to say. And if he's talking, guess what he says? Love, mercy, forgiveness. He will say what the Father says. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God because he's your life. For you were dead, but now you have new life. And I hear amen. Now you have what? New life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law that make people proud. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. I think I'll stop here. Tomorrow morning I'll continue to show you how you can introduce spiritual jams into your life. I say, don't, don't use your hand as wicked hands. You can also introduce spiritual jams. And you know, when you introduce ants, rats come, devils come. So we'll start from here tomorrow. But for now, Set forth your hand again. I said, this, my hand, is his hand. Christ himself is my life. My leg, my mouth, my whole body is Christ. He bought it all. It belongs to him. He uses it. I can't use them anymore. Can we say amen? I want us to rise up. That stay fast, Lord. Of our Lord, never see His mercy's name Never come to an end Hallelujah, they are new Every morning, always Every morning that you're great is a faithful only, oh Lord. That you're great, faithful. 
Da steht fast, da steht fast, Lord of the Lord, never see. His mercies never come to an end. Hallelujah, dear. Tell them to play something for me when we start praying now. You know, just worship him, whatever they choose. My Lord, great is the strength Oh, Lord, great is the I want you to begin to worship him for what he's given us. Christ is our life now. Christ is our life. We, we, the devil can't reach you no more. <laughs> Christ is our life. Christ is now your life. I want you to give him praise. Christ is now our life. Your life is hidden in Christ. Christ is now our life. That's what the steadfast love of God has produced. The grace of and mercy of God. That's what he did. What the Lord could not do. What the Lord could not do, God did. He gave us his life. If you've used his body, if you have used his body and done things that he doesn't want, you can say, Lord, I'm sorry. Now I know it's your body. Now I know. If you have spoken things he didn't want you to say, you can say, Lord, now I know I'm sorry. His mouth is yours. You use it. I want you to keep praying. Is there anything attacking your body? Speak to that and say, no. This is the body of Christ. You can't touch it. This body is paid for. The body you're attacking is Jesus' body. You can't. You can't. You are not going to do that. It's my life. You can't touch it. What you can't do to Jesus, you can't do to me. He's my life. He's, that, that's what God told me. He said, if you can't do it to Jesus, I can't do it to you. Because I'm your life now. I'm joined to Christ. My spirit is joined to him. We are one. Well, one, you can't. You can't. And in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, get out. I am speaking the, by his spirit. Your mouth is his mouth. You can speak his word. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, if they told you now that Jesus is there, that Jesus is really there, how many of us will rush there now? I will go. But you don't have to. You know what? You are. It's there. You are. Your hand is what? You're looking for. That's why the Bible said the test of true faith is to know that Christ is now yours. <laughs> test of true faith. If you have genuine faith, he said, unless you have become reprobates. Reprobates are people who act outside the family. So I said you have reprobates. But if you know he's in you, why are you looking for him? The Lord told me one time, he said, See, you, don't need my, you don't need to come where I am. He said, I'm your life and I gave you my name. What I can do, you can do. The works I did, you can do that. Why? Christ is your life. I want you to again speak. There are things that you need to speak about your life that must happen. And the Lord has been talking to you about them. You need to speak them into existence before you leave this night. Because he's been talking to you about it, but you're not letting him speak. The taste of true faith. You're not letting him speak. He wants to speak those things over your family, over your children, over your life. But you, you're talking about the things that he, he's not looking at. It doesn't look like men. I want you to speak those things that he's been inspiring you to speak about your life, about your children. He's been inspiring you. This mouth is mine. Let me speak. Oh, no. You talk about what you see, what they told you, that, what they tell you, that, what is happening, this is happening. That's not what he wants to talk about. He wants to talk about what he is doing. You may not see it, but he wants to pronounce it. There are things he's been inspiring you to see over your children, over your own life. Say them now. Now you know that this mouth is his own. So he's not inspiring. So I want to speak. So let him speak. Boldly say those things. Boldly. Boldly. Boldly with faith. Say those things. Boldly say those things.
In Jesus' name we pray. Precious Father, I just want to thank you and give you praise. The indescribable gift you gave us. Life of God. Life. Lord, it's, it's, it's almost too good to be true. You gave us your life. You made us in your image through righteousness, through holiness. Your seed is in us. Your spirit is in us. Our body has become your body. Joined to you, become one. I pray that this revelation, nobody will leave here without getting it. So that our faith, the true faith, tested through faith, to recognize Christ in you. If you ignore him, nothing else. Into your hand, Father, I commit your children. You are faithful. You are able. In Jesus' name we pray.